0: This episode is sponsored by my Patreon supporters. You guys help continue my love for sharing these stories with the world, so a huge thank you to Terence C, Stephanie E, St. Peaches, Earl B, Christina N, Bunkers, Carlos C, Byron A, Jordan, Roman J, Mona, Luna, Legion, Philip, and our latest Anito patron, Sai. If you are interested in becoming a patron to help support the podcast, then head over to patreon.com slash tabitabipod. Choose the tier that fits your interests and enjoy early access, exclusive episodes, and more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the season finale of Tabitabi Tabi Podcast. This is your one and only host, Ethan. Hi, I hope you're all doing well. Hi to the regular listeners, welcome back, and hello to the new ones. I hope you enjoyed listening to the episodes that I've uploaded so far, and thanks for making Tabi Tabi Podcast a part of your day. Thank you so much for your continuous support, it still amazes me every time we get to finish a season, and to think that we're going to start season 11 so soon is really really crazy. We've discussed quite a lot of creatures already, and I hope that you still have room for more in the upcoming season. Oh, and shout out to my patrons for sponsoring each episode. I appreciate it a lot. You guys have been so amazing and so supportive. Oh, and thanks so much to those who bought the merch as well. It warms my heart to know that somewhere out there, someone's carrying a keychain with a podcast logo. So yeah, thank you so much to the wonderful people who donated as well. To Mr. Carl Gavirza of Philippine Spirits and to Jordan of the Aswang Project. Thank you. thank you so much for your research basically <laughs> i got a lot of the infos that i have presented to you guys here in the podcast from them so please visit Philippine spirits ph spirits and then Aswang project as well you'll get so much information so much stories there and it's really really worth the read so thank you thank you very much there's a lot of things i am thankful for but for most of all i am thankful to you yes you Without you listening and sharing the podcast, I wouldn't be able to do this. So, pat yourself on the back because your support means so much to me. Now, if you want to know how to support the podcast, you can always join our Patreon to get exclusive and early access to episodes. Or, if you are feeling generous, you can donate via GCash. Or, you can always follow us on YouTube and Facebook where I post some mini-episodes that didn't quite make it on the main podcast. Infos will be in the show notes. And yeah i don't think i have more to announce and that's it get yourself comfortable now settle in my dear listeners and let's begin today's topic we have another flesh-eating creature a ghoul called the berbalang this creature can be found in kagayan sulu and like the buso the berbalang had a tribe this information can be found in the Journal of the Asiatic Society of Bengal published in 1896 in an article titled, "Kagayan Sulu, It's Customs, Legends, and Superstitions by one Ethelbert Forbes Skirchley. Skirchley was a Hong Kong resident and a British Navy officer as well as the son of the well-known Sydney barber, Josiah Skirchley. The time of Mr. Skirchley's arrival, Kagayan Sulu's territory was divided between two leaders, Haji Mahomet and Haji Brahim, who each governed half the island. With the exception of one settlement in the middle, and this was the village of the Berbalangs. These Berbalangs are ghouls who must consume human flesh on a regular basis or they will die. And... You know you have encountered a berbalang because their pupils aren't spherical, but rather tiny slits like those of a cat. They dig up the graves and consume the entrails of the deceased. However, the supply is limited in Cagayan, so when they have a hunger for human flesh or when they need to feed, they walk away into the grass, carefully conceal their bodies, hold their breath, and go into a trance. Then, their astral bodies are freed. They fly away and enter a house where they enter one of the resident's bodies or possess one of the resident's bodies and feast on their entrails. Each of these takes on the form of a human head with glowing eyes and feet where the ears should be, flapping in place of wings to allow the monster to fly. So let me recap, if these verbalangs cannot find or dig up a a, a carcass or a corpse in order to eat the entrails, they will go into trance in a, a grass field and their astral bodies would enter a house of one of the residents and feast on their entrails while I think they are possessing the body of one of the residents. And this astral projection, or their astral bodies, takes on the form of a human head with glowing eyes and feet where the ears should be, which flaps in place of wings. But Ethan, how do you protect yourself from this berbalang? Well, only two things can keep a victim safe from an attack. A few lucky people own a unique gem known as a coconut pearl, which is a stone found inside a coconut. These completely resist all verbalang assaults, but they are only useful to the person who finds one. So if you can't find one, you're doomed. And when their owners die, or the stones are donated to another individual, the stones lose their charm. So basically, finders keepers. Only the person who has found the amulet or the charm can use that. You can't. Pass it on to another person. I mean, you can pass it on, but the charm will be gone by then. Now, for the other thing that could keep you safe from an attack of the Berbalang, uh, there is lime juice. Lime juice is the only other protection against the Berbalangs. It protects bodies from being devoured when poured on family tombs. And when sprinkled on blades, it grants the power to fight the Berbalang spirits, but this remains difficult. Why? Because as the spirit heads approach, you can hear a loud moan, which grows quieter as they draw closer, very much like the wak-wak, ikik, kikik, and tik-tik. Their eyes will appear as flashing lights. However, if these appear in front of you, whirl around and slash behind you because that is the true location of the verbalang. So when you hear a loud groaning or moaning sound, I think they're still far away. But if you if you hear it slowly fading away, that means the berbalang is close. And if you see two flashing lights in front of you, make sure to hit or whirl back, as it was said in the in my research, whirl back and slash the thing behind you because that is where the berbalang is. So um, the opposite, very much like the tick tick and other legends that we've discussed before. Now, moving on, Mr. Scourchley, however, has not yet visited the Birbalangs Island. I assume that the villagers of the Cagayan had just told him about the island, and obviously, he was naturally intrigued by the story, so he set out to see the island. He wanted to see it for himself. However, he had a difficulty time finding a guide, which is very understandable because, I mean, I think the stories is enough to scare the people there, so he had a hard time but eventually he did find a willing person to show him around so Skirchley's guide took him to within a half mile of the settlement but he refused to go any closer so he handed mr Skirchley a knife and some limes and instructed not to consume any food supplied to him until he poured lime juice on it first because it could be human flesh in disguise And once you pour over a lime juice there, you will realize that, oh, this is human flesh. And if you mistakenly eat this food that the berbalangs give you, and you're none the wiser, if you eat this, it would doom you because you will become a berbalang as well. So put lime juice over the food to make sure you're safe. Because it will reveal the true nature of the food. So moving forward, the following statement is an excerpt from the 1896 Verbalangs of Cagayan, Sulu, and this talks about the account of Mr. Skirchley when he arrived on the island. Much to his surprise, Skirchley found the village to be deserted except for some chickens and one goat. Strangely, he found evidence that people had been there very recently, such as a pot of rice started cooking but was abandoned. So, he called out a few times, and then returned to his guide in frustration. Upon hearing the news, the guide stated he feared that the Berbalangs were out hunting, and he insisted the two of them return to their village immediately. But it was late in the day, and soon became dark. In a small valley sometime later, they heard a loud moaning. Scourgeley's guide forced him to hide in the tall grass next to the road and sit very still. As the moans quieted, Scourgeley heard the sound of wings flapping and saw a lot of little dancing lights fly over his head. As these passed, the moaning grew louder. His guide stood up and announced that they could now proceed on to the village. Later, as the two men passed the house of a man named Hassan, the moans became quiet again. Skirchley's guide pointed out that the berbalangs were within that house. The guide was sure that Hassan owned a coconut pearl though, so he insisted that they head to their own huts to be safe immediately. Being that Hassan was one of Skirchley's friends in the village, he got up early the next morning to go talk to him and see what he might be able to tell him about the events of the previous nights. However… Hassan didn't respond to knocks on his door or Scourchley's calls. Scourchley became disturbed enough that he forced the door open. Once inside, he found Hassan. Lying on the floor of the hut next to his bed, his face contorted by fear, and very, very dead. Scourchley could offer no explanation for these strange events and he apparently did not attempt to visit the Birbalangs again. And that's the story of the Berbalang. A normal-looking human but is actually a ghoul. And once it can't find a human flesh or intestines to eat, it will release its spirits, taking the form of a human head with glowing eyes and feet where the ear should be, flapping in place of wings to allow the Berbalangs to fly and find food. And I hope you enjoyed that. That was a really interesting story. And that is it for the sixth and final episode of Season 10. Once again, thank you everyone for listening and I hope you learned something new. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Or you can always become a patron member and get cool benefits. Just head over to patreon.com slash You can also donate via Gcash if you're feeling generous. Info will be listed on the show notes. Don't forget to follow our social media accounts, check out our YouTube channel and Facebook where I upload mini-episodes that didn't make it in the main podcast, which is here. Once again, thank you to my patrons for sponsoring today's episode, and to you, my dear listeners, thank you for continuously supporting the podcast. Please stay safe, I appreciate you all. And that concludes Season 10. Six episodes and a lot of fun research. So, this has been Ethan, and thanks for listening to Tabi Tabi Podcast Season 10. Join me next season to discuss more Philippine creatures. Bye!